Greetings and welcome to a special episode of the podcast recorded live in the on-site podcasting studio at the LA Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, April 2022. For these episodes, we are joined by Gelf friend and supporter Rick Watson, who takes his turn on the mic as our podcast host for this LA podcast series. Let's listen in now. Welcome, everyone. This is Rick Watson, host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, broadcasting from the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum. Today, we talk with a dynamic duo of Tile's direct-to-consumer business, Caroline Goldmark and Kathy Ando from Tile. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves for a minute? How how did you get to Tile and, and what is your role there? Um, so I can start. My, um, I've been at Tile for two years. I lead um, marketing and direct-to-consumer. I I have come to Tile mainly because there's great leadership at Tile. Um, if you look at the, the Tile leadership, it's a lot of ex-GoPro, um, me being one of them. Um, and so that's how I got to Tile. Just I wanted to work with great people again. And so um, that's why I followed the CEO. Got it. And that voice is, is Kathy Ando. Caroline. Yeah. So I have been at Tile for a year and a half. And I came to Tile because Kathy is amazing, but I actually met her through strictly LinkedIn networking and just connecting instantly. So um, I've absolutely loved moving into tech coming from retail previously. No, that, that's a great story. You know, for those in the audience that may not know much about Tile, uh, tell me a little bit about the offering. Yeah. So we offer um, two components that you can purchase on tile.com or through Mm. select retailers. You can purchase hardware and then you can also purchase a service to help track your things. So you may have heard um, of the tracker category. That is what we're known for. We are known for tracking your things. Right. So like if I lose my iPhone or my keys or my dog or anything? Maybe not your dog, but dog dog leash before a walk. Yeah. Okay. Dog leash, not dog. All right. Got it. Uh, That makes sense. We definitely help you find your sanity though, I think. Yes. If anything. Sanity. Track your sanity. I I probably could use that. So let's start with something about direct-to-consumer. You know, what would you guys say is the hardest part of running a direct-to-consumer website? I would have to say the most challenging part about running a DTC website is multiple platforms. So currently we're in a space where we are managing uh, 20 different storefronts on four different platforms. And so just making sure that we have all the teams synergistic across all of those different experiences is the biggest challenge. And what are some of the reasons for the multiple platforms? Is it just historical reasons or there are some specific? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So one was historical and we are trying to move away from it. So now that we're in a transition phase until we get the new one up and running, we're working with those two. And then we did cross-border with a company called Scalefast. Okay. And so we launched in the UK and various countries in Europe um, back in 2020 with them. Um, and then essentially what they allow us to do there is have localized payments and currencies within the region and not have to set up a local entity in the country, which is really, from an operation standpoint, best in class. Um, and then we have another one that we just adopted that we're learning about right now. <laughs> Got it. And what what caused you guys originally to reach out to Scalefast? I can take that one. Um, so when I started, this is pre-Caroline, um, there's a couple of reasons. One, if you know anything about our category, the Bluetooth tracker, there's a small little company called Apple that was planning to come into the market with a, a competing product. And this has been rumored for years and years. And if you know anything about that, their product, um, they only work within iOS. And as a Bluetooth tracker, we work, we're agnostic of platform. So um, for Tile, strategically going into Europe, 
um, gave us an opportunity to really go heavy and double down on the Android market, where if you look at um, international, Android is actually a more dominant cat, uh, operating system. So that allowed us to really start to place some bets on Android. Yeah, Apple competing but inferior product. Is that is that the... Apple competing, but not um, able to tap into the Android market. So it yeah. allowed us to really go after those Android customers in markets where there's like a stronger saturation of Android. Got it. So, you know, ScaleFast is helping you tap into those markets. And, it, you know, it was harder to do that than doing it on your own. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes sense. Um, what trends are you most watching in global e-commerce right now? Personally, my there's two things that are always on my mind. Personalization. So... Having a segmented customer experience when a customer lands on the website. Amen. Can I just say amen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my number one pain point, having one customer have a completely, you know, same experience as another customer when they're shopping on a different platform. Um, if they're shopping mobile versus desktop, we should be able to differentiate all of those experiences for the customer's journey. And then the second thing that's on my mind is uh, ad tracking opt-outs. Hmm. which actually plays directly into the first one, personalization. How do you personalize an experience when a customer doesn't want their data tracked? That is something that is constantly in my, on my mind, and I'm doing a lot of research to figure out what the next evolution of that is as a marketer. Yeah, speaking of Apple, they have no small part to deal with that issue. <laughs> um, what makes personalization so hard? I think first, as a company, you have to define what the segments are. Who are you trying to target? Who... Hmm. Do you believe your customer is? Um, and then making those experiences differentiated is then the next challenge. So it's first define the customer and then define their experience. Where do you think most brands fall down with personalization? Is it on the, f the first part or the second part? I think it's actually in the first part. Hmm. So if you don't segment a customer right, um, they're never going to convert and have the journey that they're expecting. Got it. And, and it, as you look at segmentation... How does that play into cross-border? Are there any challenges that are unique to each market? Or how do you think about that from a marketing point of view? Well, I would say there's a cross-border is, is just challenging in general. So that's, you know, obviously Caroline mentioned this. That's, that's the reason why we reached out to ScaleFast to help us really grow in those markets. But I think in general, there's... Uh, with cross-border, you're talking about, every, you know, saying cross-border is easy. But when you think about it, it's... There's minutia in every single market. The, mm. the customers react differently. There's an acceptance and tolerance for different types of um, marketing tactics, depending on what country you're looking at. And even from a marketing or, mer or merchandising perspective, countries like Germany, you know, you have to have a lot of content around mm. the product and features and functionality where that's not necessarily the case in other markets. And in France, you can't be on promo all the time, right? Because then you look like a cheap product and, and then there's a credibility, credibility loss. So aside from like the marketing, the merchandising, even like the, the portfolio, portfolio for each country is different every, for every market. It just makes the whole thing challenging. So at least we've taken the burden off of ourselves from the perspective of technology and, and now allowing us to at least have a platform to, to sell. But the marketing and the merchandising piece, I think, is the, the harder part. So I would say it's, it's an investment. You have to do it if you have to be really committed to really wanting to sell in those markets. Right. And, and there's a lot of ways to do you know, global commerce. Cross-border is... You know, you, usually a way you, you, you get into something, you're able to offer an experience that's a little more personalized to how a buyer is used to buying, then they still have to get the product from overseas. Um, how 
do you guys think about inventory placement? Is that in, you know something that you guys are looking at? You're doing already. You want to do in the future? Yeah. So we currently have four warehouses internationally um, that service different regions uh, depending on where we ship to. And we do differentiate what products go where because my customer in the UK mm. is not the same customer as the US. And so we strategically place inventory um, depending on where the customer is demanding it. Got it. And and those are in your biggest markets. Which one of those? What do you mean? Wh- which markets are, are the biggest for you? Oh, uh, North America. North America. Yeah. And then for now, <laughs> outside of North America, what, what are some of your biggest global markets? Uh, I would say the UK, France, and Germany. Got it. Okay. No, that's that's interesting. Um, tell us about what's the hardest part of of working with with cross border and global e commerce localization. Yeah, I would for agree. both language and currency. What 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 makes localization so challenging? Uh, all of it is essentially outsourced. So there's no. As someone who likes to check their work, <laughs> you kind of got to let go a little. <laughs> right. Right. Because then even if you get the results back, who is going to double check it? Probably Except another. the customer. Right. The customer, another party, mm-hmm. and then your support could hear about it. That's usually what from, happens. From angry customers. <laughs> well, also, if you think about it, um, there's there's if we're in local currency, there's a lot of promo management, price book management, making sure there's accuracy around taxes. And so it's just, it's, you're managing every single country. And and are you guys converting the prices in real time based on conversion rates or do you have price books for each market that you're in? They have set price books that we adjust annually if needed. Got it. Okay. The, the taxes are um, fluid, though, depending on where, where we're shipping to and et cetera. Right. And, and customers know up front what duties and taxes they're paying, uh, and they're not surprised, hopefully, when they get a, a parcel. Well, that's part of the replatforming experience hopefully. we're doing. <laughs> hopefully. Yes. yes. Hopefully. Yes. That, that's, that's the intent. Um, and, and how about digital marketing? We talked about personalization uh, before. Are there other aspects of digital marketing that are you have to consider. Yeah, so one of our one of our challenges today is trying to figure out the right um, media mix by country. It's just um, I, you know I sort of alluded to it earlier on, which is every market is very different, and their tolerance for different types of marketing um, varies. And so uh, one market might be more accepting of you know influencer marketing than others. And so for us, it's really challenging to we're testing the waters across our media mix by country to ensure we have a, the, the right balance. And so that just, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of testing. And of course, we have to spend in, into those channels in order to find out which ones are effective. Right. And do you guys get guidance from local resources in those markets? Or are you doing that all from a central headquarters? Or how do you think about that balance? So we're doing marketing centrally today. It's more um, a result of the, the staffing that we have. I think the reality is if we could and we could afford to, we would have obviously mark, uh, regional marketing in, in region or at least within at least the, the geographic of like Europe, for example. Um, we, we've been leaning on some of our partners, so PR partners to help give us some guidance. And then we have sales teams in those markets that can help also. Right. No, that it, it seems like an important part of that. If you had to advise other brands out there, you know, something, things that should start doing, things they should stop doing, or things that they maybe are doing and, and maybe con- could continue, what might some of those things be? Mm, I feel like let's start with the continue. 
Um, depending on the brand and what your customer is telling you, I've alluded to this before, you should always work with what the customer is telling you in their journey. So you should have data to support that and you should mm. view it and take the subjectivity out of it and work with the data. The data is so important, right? Yes, yeah. So continue to do that um, to really make that customer journey real time. Uh, it should always be changing. It is not ever stagnant. That's the best part of mm. e-commerce. Um, start doing uh, more frequent A-B testing mm. and stop doing... So I, I would say stop doing is... Uh, I think right now you'll see that a lot of companies are... Everybody is sort of trying to to jump on like the next cool thing, and so everybody's like, "Oh, AI is important, or VR is important for my brand." And I think that um, brands that need to stop sort of playing copycat of other mm -hmm. brands because I think we all are trying to figure out the sort of evolution of the customer journey and the customer experience for digital shopping. And brands that just play copycat are just perpetuating this problem of not solving the true problem, which is serving their customer. Right. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of brands forget about the basics, uh, and then they're trying to like install whatever flashy right. feature the CEO saw on someone else's website. Right. Not that I'm sure that's <laughs> never happened at Tile. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. Because you guys have such an amazing <laughs> team. Any any parting words for our audience? Uh, any things you maybe took out of the panels today, or things you're looking forward to in the event? Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say just. <laughs> As long as you're listening to your customer, you will be successful in the business. That's the most important thing. Keep them first. I would definitely agree with that. That's great advice. Well, I appreciate you, you uh, ladies coming out here and uh, look forward to you guys having a great event. So Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for Thank you us. for having us. Glad to have you here. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review. Be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail and cross-border commerce industry. You can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at www.globalecommerceleadersforum.com. And be sure to visit our all-new YouTube site where you find plenty of fantastic cross-border content from several of our events. Speaking of which, our next event will be in New York City, September 29th. Mark it in your calendars now. Execs from retail brands can register for a complimentary VIP pass at bit.ly gelf nyc2022. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash gelf, G-E-L-F-N-Y-C 22. Until then, safe travels.